This episode was published over two years ago, but it's a topic that I still really get riled up about. But listening to the audio made me realize that I've come a long way in two years, so please forgive the spottiness and sometimes poor quality of the sound, but the message still remains. Hi, it's Beth, and I want to put a little disclaimer on this podcast. It's actually taken me a couple of weeks to put this together. I've worked on it and had to walk away and come back and work some more. I realized that I was really emotionally vested in this process when I almost got into a little bristle with my husband about it, trying to explain to him what I was saying, and he was trying to explain a different point of view, and I was hearing none of it. So I want to make sure that I start off with saying I am not pointing the finger at anyone or trying to make anyone feel guilty for what they have said in the past. I don't live in the past and I don't want you to either. This is about moving forward and working together to find ways to support each other in a positive way, in ways that can be helpful. I just last week used a platitude. A friend of mine and I were talking about a mutual friend who was recently diagnosed with thyroid cancer. And I said to my friend, well, they say if there's a cancer, if there's a cancer to get, it's thyroid cancer. That's the easiest one to beat. Thank goodness I didn't say that to the woman who was recently diagnosed. So I understand that it's not easy and I fail myself. But my goal is to raise awareness. That's my goal in this, is to help others understand to think and pause before they speak, and perhaps just choose words of support, saying, I'm sorry, I'm thinking about you. What can I do to help? Instead of grabbing one of these often used phrases that just don't get received in the way that they are intended. Thanks for listening. My pet peeve is platitudes. Platitudes are the things that people say when they're not sure what to say to try to offer comfort. However, normally they are not accepted that way. I can definitely remember being on the receiving end of some of these statements when my mom died and I was 13. The first was, everything happens for a reason. So does that mean that she deserved to die? What was the reason for that? That makes no sense. The other thing that people said was, well, God has a plan. Well, I didn't like that plan. And why did God's plan involve punishing me? That made me angry at God for about 20 years. I don't think that was the intended effect of sharing those words. So there's tons and tons of platitudes that people use when they don't know what to say, when they're uncomfortable, and they want to offer words of comfort but they are not received that way. They don't build trust. They don't demonstrate empathy. As a matter of fact, they usually produce the exact opposite effect. At the most intense level, they can be offensive, condescending, sometimes even demeaning. In the midst of grief, nothing is worse than having your pain invalidated or being told that you need to stay strong and that you should see the silver lining of every gray cloud. This is obviously one of my pet peeves. 
And if anything, if this is the one thing that people learn from this podcast and from my story, this would be it. Don't say them. Don't use them. If you can't think of anything else to say, just say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're hurting. So I put a plea out on my social media account to ask people for the platitudes that were spoken to them when they were in the midst of grief. I asked people to send voice memos so that you could hear them in their own voices and in their own words. Here is what they had to say. First, you'll hear from Rebecca. Um, Through my mom's journey with cancer and then uh, my experience with her death and grief, so many of my friends meant well and said things like, I'm praying for you, which in and of itself is a great comfort. And I felt honored that they would take their thoughts and concerns about me to the creator of the universe. However, it was a phrase that was said, and that's all was that was said. So I often felt that while it was nice that people were saying they were praying for me and talking to the creator of the universe about me, it would be great if they talked to me about me too, because I was very, very lonely. I also realized that so many people didn't talk at all because they were worried about saying the wrong thing. And I have come to kind of change my own behavior because I realize that saying the wrong thing, whether someone has a um, an intense diagnosis or a terminal diagnosis, or if someone has died, that other people are not ever really not thinking about that. But people that haven't experienced that don't want to say things like, how's your mom's cancer treatment? Or how are you doing? And kind of relating to the death um, because they think it will remind you that that happened. If you have cancer, you're never not really in the mindset that you forgot that you had cancer, so to say. So if someone says, how's your treatment going? It's not like you're like, treatment for what? What are you talking about? Oh, you're right. I have cancer. Now I'm miserable. Thanks for bringing it up. But people think that. And so they just don't say anything. And that also is very lonely and isolating. Hi, my name is Jenna. And some platitudes that have not helped me while being on my grief journey are keep being so strong or it will be okay. These haven't helped me because honestly, some days I'm so tired of being so strong and my life will never be the same. So it's really just not okay. My name is Katie and one platitude that I have found not helpful to me is when people have said, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. Because to me, it felt like I was being punished for being strong or something strange like that. Um, So I've kind of flipped that around in my own head and instead try to tell myself that God doesn't give us things that he hasn't already prepared us to handle. Becca was on last week's podcast talking about her mom's journey with Alzheimer's. Here's what she had to say. But one thing that was really hard for me was I would go to see my mom and I would come back and people would be like, 
how's your mom doing? <laughs> and that question is so loaded for somebody with a degenerative disease because like I would have to stand there and be like, do they really want to know how she's doing? Or do they just want me to say she's fine? Because she's like, every time you go home, it would be something worse. And it would be something, I would see something new that she couldn't do. Um, and so like, I was thinking, like I even did a blog post. I had a blog that I only posted to like twice, but I posted about this and I said, I said, to, you know, ask me something like, what did you notice about your mom this time? Or what was the best part of your visit? Some people chose to leave comments on my social media posts and I'll read what they said now. Vicky's was, you need to just snap out of it. Jewel said, not helpful to me were the people trying to compare apples to oranges. My mom died and people would try to tell me about their grandpa who died in his 80s. I knew their intentions were to empathize, but in my deep grief, it just, just wasn't helpful. Kim shared, the first time we returned to our former church after my husband died, a woman told me and my 14-year-old daughter about how a friend of her daughter's toddler drowned in a pool, and that was almost worse than what we had experienced. Martha said she heard things like, your mom would want to be happy, and everything happens for a reason, and be strong for fill in the blank. Megan shared, she's in a better place. Megan thought isn't the best place for her to be is with her family here on earth. Sandra heard, I can't even imagine. Wendy's share said, it was meant to be. Alexia said she really didn't like when people tried to cheer her up. It's okay to be sad. Her mom passed away. I won't be there forever, but in this moment, I'm honoring her with my tears. I get the sentiment, but sometimes it's okay to just be sad. So what can you do instead? Be honest. You can say that you don't know what to say. There are no words. Offer your support. Acknowledge their pain. Acknowledge that you're sorry that they're going through this. Listen gently. Ask the griever about their loved one. Ask them what you can do to be supportive. I think that sometimes where people are operating out of the fear of, oh, if I bring it up and I talk about it, it's going to cause them pain. Believe me, they're already feeling the pain. There's nothing that you're going to do that's going to make them feel it more. However, being honest and vulnerable and trying to support their situation from your heart will make them feel seen and understood. It's harder work than repeating that well-known phrase, but it's worth it. Dig deep and be vulnerable. Share from your heart. They need your heartfelt support, not words that actually add to their pain. I also requested shared stories of what's worked for people, words that they've heard that made them feel seen and heard and felt encouraged. Here are Rebecca's thoughts. So I think the best thing that you can say to someone grieving either um, their former good health or the death of a loved one or um, just any really hard times is something like, I'm not really sure what to say and I hope I don't say the wrong thing 
but blah, blah, blah. Or I'm holding space for you and I really want to help you or um, anything like that that just really gets to the heart of the person. I often felt like I was drowning and that the people that wanted to show me support and care were sitting on the beach and looking at me drowning and saying, do you need help? But I was drowning, so I couldn't ask for help. And so they said, oh, well, she's not asking for help. She must be okay. And that also is the most lonely and isolating feeling. So I hope that helps. Here's what Jenna had to say. On the other hand, I have had people reach out and say, I'm here and what can I do to support you? And to me, that means more than anything. We all know that there's no right words to say to somebody when they're grieving. So just asking what we could do to help them rather than trying to just encourage them personally means a lot more. Jewel shared that the helpful thing was when people said that even if they couldn't exactly relate to my grief, they understood that healing takes time and that they were there for me if I needed them. It's the people who checked in with me months or even a year after my mom's death who really helped. Those who remembered her and still do. Please share this podcast. It's the one thing that we can do to get the word out. I don't believe that people do this intentionally. I think it's that they're operating from fear, that they don't know what to say. And these phrases are so commonly used in our culture, they feel like the right thing to say. So let's get the word out there. Don't say it. Don't say it. Offer your support. Listen. Acknowledge their grief and pain and loss. Finding a way to support someone in their grief journey is the best thing that you can do. And sometimes that means just listening and saying, I'm sorry. If you'd like more information on my thoughts about the grief journey, please visit my website, www.yourgriefjourney.com. If you'd be interested in sharing your story on the podcast, please send me an email to daughterswithoutmoms at gmail.com.